Good morning, church. It is a true blessing and honor to have been able to travel and return home safely by the grace and mercy of God. It's good to see you. We've missed you. We're glad to be home. It is certainly good to know that it is God who lifts us up. Even when we think we ourselves stand, we do not stand alone. We stand because of his grace and his mercy. Let's go to God in prayer, please. Our magnificent, most awesome, holy, and precious God in heaven, hallowed be your great and amazing name. We praise you. We love you. We thank you. Thank you, Lord God, for allowing us to serve you, to worship you this morning. Thank you for this wonderful opportunity to be your children. And we pray, Lord God, that our minds will be focused on our worship, that we'll clear our minds from all worldly thought. Thank you for Jesus, your great son, who died that we might live, who so willingly went to the cross that we might be saved. Thank you, Lord God, again, for this wonderful opportunity and occasion. In Jesus' holy and precious name we do pray and thank you be thy will. Amen. Let's turn to Isaiah 59. Welcome to our visitors. We thank you for being here. We're taking time out of your schedules to come to worship the Lord God with us this morning and each and every one of you that are present today. The privilege and power of worship. Let's start with privilege and then let's get on to the idea of the power of worship. Worshiping God in spirit and in truth is powerful. It is powerful in that we are calling on the God of the universe to respond. And our mighty God responds in a powerful, awesome, and amazing way. Worship is a privilege. And church, let us end this decade and begin a new year invoking the power of God through worship. But today we're going to talk about attitude. Our focus is going to be, I want, if you get nothing else out of the lesson today, I want you to get out of the lesson today, attitude. And in order to worship God properly, the proper attitude Those who worship God must worship God in spirit and in truth. The proper attitude is necessary. If we forget about our past condition, worship becomes common, it becomes mundane, it becomes a burden instead of a divine opportunity. It it becomes, if you will, and worship becomes something that, that people say it's just... I just go through the motion instead of having the proper attitude and heartfelt relationship with God. But the proper attitude transforms the idea of having to worship God to, I am blessed to have an opportunity to worship God. So we're going to go to Isaiah 59. We're going to look just for a moment and remind ourselves of where we've come from. And where we've come from has not been something that we've done on our own, but it's by the grace and mercy of our God. We're going to look at verses 1 and verse 2. The privilege of worship. It is a privilege to worship God. Behold, verse 1 says, The Lord's hand is not so short that it cannot save, neither is his ear so dull that he cannot hear. But your iniquities have made a separation between you and your God, and your sins have hidden his face from you so that he does not hear. Proverbs 29. Proverbs 29. How many of us today can stand here and say that our relationship with God is because I live my life in a sinless way? The answer is none of us. And how separate and how separated have we separated ourselves from God? 
our sins as far as from east to west, as God's forgiveness is from east to west. Proverbs 28 and verse 9. He who turns away his ear from listening to the law, even his prayer is an abomination. Think about that. That the prayer of a human being who says they love God, but because of our sin, because of our, our wickedness, because we've turned away from listening to God, our prayers become abominable, an abomination to God. Let us not forget where we've come from. Turn to Ephesians, please, chapter 2. Ephesians chapter 2, beginning at verse 11. You know, the first three verses, it tells us that we were dead in our trespasses and sins and were by nature children of wrath as even the rest. And then God goes on to explain, by grace we have been saved. And then verse 11, if you will. Verse 11 says, Therefore remember that formerly you, the Gentiles, in the flesh, who are called uncircumcision by the so-called circumcision, which is performed in the flesh, human hands. Remember that you were at that time separate from Christ, excluded from the commonwealth of Israel, and strangers the covenants of promise, having no hope without God in the world. But now in Christ Jesus, you who are formerly afar off, have been brought near by the blood of Christ. No hope. Matthew chapter 7. No hope. That means that when we stand before God, we have no defense, we have no sacrifice, we have no offering, we have no salvation, we had no hope. Just remember the privilege, this is a privilege to be able to worship God, that God has granted to us. Let's take it seriously. Attitude, attitude. Verse 21 of Matthew 7. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter into the kingdom of heaven, but he who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. Many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name? And in your name cast out demons, and in your name perform many miracles. Listen to what God says. Then I will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, ye who practice lawlessness. This morning as we worship God, let's understand the beautiful privilege that God has given to us. This opportunity to worship our great God. And let's make sure that we transform our attitudes. The lesson this morning is about attitude. Turn to Matthew, please. Chapter 15. With this understanding, we must observe this proper attitude. I want to ask you a few questions just for a moment. Is God listening? Yes. Attentively. He's listening. Is God speaking to us? Yes. Through his word. He's talking to us. If God is talking to us, and God is listening to our prayers attentively, and we are worshiping God, and we have proclaimed the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ, what kind of etiquette or attitude am I supposed to have in the presence of God? Is God here this morning? Yes. Should I carry on conversations that have nothing to do with God? Should I leave the focus, if you will, of worship and think about things I'm going to do in the next hour or the next day? Should my attitude be proper and right 
and transformed and sacrificial in the sight of God. Yes. I want to look at attitude this morning in worship. When we worship God in spirit and in truth, we access the power of God in worship. I want to take a look at this woman here in Matthew chapter 15. And we're going to be in Matthew 15 pretty much for the duration of this lesson. We'll leave, we'll leave on, on one occasion and go to the book of Mark chapter 7. But I want you to look at this passage of scripture. And I want you to think about what it is that God is trying to declare to his children. The message that God wants us to receive. And Jesus went away from there and withdrew into, verse 21, the district of Tyre and Sidon. And behold, a Canaanite woman came out from that region and began to cry out, saying, Have mercy on me, O Lord, son of David. My daughter is cruelly demon-possessed. The Canaanite woman was from this district, Tyre and Sidon. And, and from the, the context of this, of this passage in Matthew chapter 15, Jesus is going to challenge two ideas. He's going to challenge number one and destroy the traditions of humanity. You know, it's traditional. We come to worship. Sometimes people say, well, it's a tradition. This is not a tradition. This is a command. And we're obedient servants by following the command of God. He's going to destroy the tradition of the Jews. And then he's also going to challenge their understanding of what they have in their own minds, determine the clean from the unclean. And he's going to do this in a way that's, that's pretty amazing in Matthew chapter 15. But we're, we're going all the way down to this Gentile woman from the district of Tyre and Sidon. And he gives a godly understanding to the greatest issue that still exists amongst humanity. Division. We're still divided by, by race, by, by economical things. We're, we're still divided in a social way. And God demands unity. And he's going to challenge this thought. And he's going to draw people together. And I want you to get a good understanding of what's happening in this text. We're going to go to Mark chapter 7. Mark chapter 7. We're coming right back to Matthew. Mark chapter 7, verse 24. So here's what happens. Jesus travels about, about 50 miles north to enter into this Gentile region. And while he's there, I want to get just this idea. Listen to what happens. And, and from there he arose and went away to the region of Tyre. And when he had entered a house, he went, excuse me, he wanted no one to know of it. Yet he could not escape notice. He didn't want anyone to know that he'd gone 50 miles north and he's going to talk to this woman who's a Gentile. You know why? See, he's about to break down the dividing wall of this tradition of this separation, of this, of this racism, of this, of this issue the Jews and the Gentiles had with each other. And, and you see, the Jews, they're not ready for this yet. So he doesn't want anyone to know. And in verse 25 it says, But after hearing of him, a woman whose little daughter had an unclean spirit immediately came and fell at his feet. Now the woman was a Gentile of the Syrophesian race, she kept asking him to cast the demon out of her daughter. Now go back to Matthew 15. Go back to Matthew 15. We, we'll come back. We'll, we're not coming back to Matthew 7. I want you to get just the idea. She's from, she's a Seraphician woman. She's a Gentile. 
she comes to Jesus and she falls at his feet. And Jesus is about to break down this barrier. And I want to show you how bad the barrier was. I want you to get the depth of the understanding of the teaching. Because she comes crying out. She comes to Jesus crying out. And I want you to watch. Watch what happens. In Matthew 15, looking again at verse 21. And Jesus went away from there and withdrew into the district of Tyre and Sidon. And behold, a Canaanite woman came out of that region and began to cry out, saying, Have mercy on me, O Lord, son of David. My daughter is cruelly demon-possessed. Verse 23. But he did not answer her a word. Attitude. How do you feel when people ignore you? How do you feel? How would you feel if you walked to this door of this building and, 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 and no one said hello to you? How would you feel? How would that affect your worship this morning? It's about attitude. The lesson's about attitude. This woman who maybe has a slight attitude in the sense that her daughter is demon-possessed. She's sick. And she comes to the only one who could help her. Jesus, as he cries out to him in mercy, and Jesus doesn't answer her a word. Was Jesus testing her sincerity? I don't know, but I do know this. Her attitude is what's important in this text. He did not answer her. Verse 23, again. He did not answer her a word. And his disciples came to him and kept asking him, saying, Send her away, for she is shouting out after us. Now, I don't know about you, but let's set this up. You come into this building, and no one talks to you. You've been ignored. You try to speak to people, and they just walk past you like you didn't even, you didn't exist. Like, you know, someone says, Man, am I made of glass? Can they not, can, can they not see that I'm here? Now, I have an attitude. <laughs> And by the way, I came here because my daughter was at home sick. And I knew the only one that could help was Jesus. And now I have an attitude. And let's say Jesus is in this building. And I was talking to Jesus. And I said, Jesus, please help me. My daughter is at home sick. And Jesus doesn't answer a word. And in my mind, I'm trying to figure out why he won't answer me. And I'm thinking about myself. And then some helpful brethren come along and say, Jesus, tell that man to leave this place. Tell him to stop bothering us. How would your attitude be in worship? See, what happens is sometimes we come to worship with kind of already a chip on our shoulders. And then we get into the building and, and our attitude is already a little off and then someone sets us off even more though they may not have intended it. And our worship becomes disrupted. Yeah, is that, is that just me or has you ever been there before? Brother, let me tell you something about this text. This text is teaching us that if you come to Jesus and you come to worship with the right mindset, 
No human being will ever be able to disrupt your worship. Attitude. Okay, watch the text now. Remember, Jesus has ignored her. Her daughter is at home sick. There's already issues in her life. She comes here. The disciples have come along and they've said, send her away because she's she's bothering us, right? Send her away. Verse 24. But he answered and said, I was sent only to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. Now you want to add some add some salt to the wound? Jesus doesn't look at her. Jesus looks to the church members, to the disciples and says, you know I was only sent to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. And she's sitting there going, but Jesus, talk to me. But he doesn't talk to her. He doesn't answer her a word. The church members, the disciples are saying, send her away. And then finally Jesus looks over at the disciples and he says to them, I was only sent to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. And she's still standing over here saying, my daughter's sick. And the only one that can help me is Jesus. And he won't talk to me. And now the church members are trying to convince him to send me away. What would your attitude be like? Someone said, I'd just get up and leave. I know, right? So someone said, I, I might just shout out. I, I might have said to the apostles, I wasn't talking to you. Right? What would your attitude be like in worship? Well, the text is very interesting because it's all about attitude. And here's what's going to happen now. Jesus is going to take it one step further. He's going to the Gentiles. Remember this now. He's going to the Gentiles. The, the, the Jews are not ready to receive this yet. The Jews see this woman as being someone that's dirty and unclean. And yet this woman is standing there with humility in her heart. And then look at what the text goes on to say. Now it, it, steps it, up, it steps it up a little bit. Verse 25 and 26. But she came and began to bow down before him saying, Lord, help me. She worshiped. Jesus is not paying her any attention. But she didn't allow the disciples to distract her worship. She did not allow Jesus ignoring her to distract her worship. She bowed down and she worshipped in verse 25. But she came and bowed and began to bow before him saying, Lord, help me. You know what happened? What happens is somewhere in this in this transformation, our mind says something like, I can't believe you're ignoring me. Who do you think you are? Right? See, I'm just talking about us, right? Humans. What what is my attitude like to the Lord? Do I recognize truly? How blessed I am to be able to be in this place to worship God and to have the heavens, to have God respond to my worship. Who do I think I am? I'm just a humble servant begging for his mercy. See, some of us have stopped begging for his mercy. Some of us feel privileged in that we feel like God owes us. And our worship reflects that. This woman does not look inward to self. She looks outward to God. You're the only one who can help me. She bows down. She is not distracted, but Jesus is going to take her one step further. Look at what he does. Verse 26. 
And he answered and said, It is not good to take the children's bread and throw it to the dogs. Now, had you been standing there on that day, you need to understand that that is a very derogatory and demeaning thought, a concept. The Jews often called the Gentiles dogs, big dogs. They got in the way, they were scavengers. Be the same as some of the racial tones and undertones you've heard today. You, you might even hear someone say, you know, sir, you're not welcome here. How would that affect your worship? You ever been there before? You ever gone to a building to worship folks and, and they say to you without saying a word, sir, you're not welcome here? I've been there. It affected my worship. Well, I was on a Sunday evening and I went in there and I thought, you know what, I'm going to go in there and worship God anyway. And then I realized something. God wasn't in that place anyway. I was in the wrong place. I didn't allow humanity to affect my worship. But it did affect my attitude, so it did affect my worship. See, worship is about us looking up to God and not looking parallel, not looking at each other. It's about, it's about lifting our minds to God and being in communion with Him. When Jesus used this term dog, think about this for a moment. He, he did use a diminutive statement in that he, he, he lightened the load a little bit. Instead of calling her a dog, the way they would have done it, he called her more like a puppy. Like a little dog. It lightened the load a little bit, but it still left a heavy burden. But brethren, that did not affect her attitude. It's an amazing account. You go back and you look at this woman. I just want to recount just, just for a moment and think about this. She goes, she's already, she's struggling because her daughter's at home sick. Only Jesus can help her. She comes to Jesus. And she's crying out, asking Jesus, please help me. And Jesus ignores her. Does not answer her a word. She cries out and cries out and cries out. Finally, Jesus looks over to the disciples and he says to them, I will send only to the house, the lost sheep of the house of Israel. He doesn't answer her. Then she begins to bow down and to worship Jesus. And then Jesus says, you know, it's not good to throw the bread of the children to the dogs. But it does not affect her worship. Because she comes back and she identifies him as the Lord of the dogs and the Lord of everyone else. In verse 27, she said, Yes, Lord, but even the dogs feed on the crumbs which fall from their master's table. Attitude. See your attitude? Your attitude... You know, maybe I am just just a dog. I know I'm not worthy. I know that I need you and you don't need me. I'm going to worship you, God, in a way that, that only I know how, the best that I can, and pray and beg that your grace and mercy will accept my worship. What would your attitude have been like? What is your attitude like this morning? when you come here in the building, you get here and you're amongst God's people and we're here to sing. Did you sing this morning? 
you, you can ask Brother Timur. When you looked out in the audience, brother, you saw some folks and their mouths were shut and they weren't singing. They had the wrong attitude. When we prayed this morning, we're praying and, and we're talking to God. Were you, did you, were you thinking about something else? Wrong attitude. This morning, were you focusing on, and right now, when is he going to sit down and shut up? Wrong attitude. See? Attitude. Attitude. The power of worship. In spirit and in truth is invoked by your attitude. And this morning as we have come to worship God, we got to remember that we have to maintain the proper attitude. She was not sidetracked. She was focused on Jesus. And she said, even if I only get a crumb, that's good enough for me, God. Amen. If I'm just, if I'm just a, a little, a little person in the corner of heaven, Lord, that's good enough for me. Lord, if today my worship is acceptable to you, then whatever happened today, that is good enough for me. Attitude. This morning, what kind of attitude did you bring here? Some of it I know is uncontrollable. There are things and events that have happened in your day that have shaken you. Shaking each of us. We struggled. And we struggled sometimes. We struggled to get here. And we get here sometimes with a little chip on our shoulders. But I encourage you when you come here to transform your attitude. To make sure that the attitude that you possess is an attitude of this Syrophician woman of sincerity and humility and thankfulness towards God. That your attitude is an attitude of reverence. And then the blessing of God comes upon his children. Look at the last verse. Verse 28. Jesus answered and said to her, O woman, your faith is great. Be it done for you as you wish. And her daughter was healed at once. I tried to shake you. The disciples tried to shake you. Your daughter's at home sick. But your faith could not be shaken. Your faith was great. This morning, what kind of faith do you have? What kind of faith do you have this morning? The lesson is yours. Attitude. This morning, is there sin in your life? Are there things in your life that have separated you from God? As a child of God and you're struggling in your faith and you need prayers, the prayers of the saints, no longer say, you know, I'm going to wait until tomorrow. Make it right today. Ask God for your help, for his help. If you're a child of God, if you're not a child of God, you want to surrender to God, today's the day of salvation heard his word, you believe it, you're willing to repent of godly sorrow in your heart, to make it the confession that Jesus is Lord, the Christ, the Son of the living God. Be baptized in mercy and water for the remission of your sins and allow God to transform your life in a way that no one else can. If we can help in any way, please come while together we stand and sing our song of invitation.